What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. It's your boy Marcus here. We got a great episode on deck for you guys. In this episode, we're going to talk about Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. Do they have a shot to come out of the East? What's going on in Philadelphia? Are the Spurs and the Trailblazers in no man's land? And of course, we've got a real push for the playoffs coming up. So the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, uh, the Blazers, uh, who's going to get that final eight spot? And and what's the real potential for who can make some noise in the playoffs? Um, We didn't really touch on Kobe Bryant. Memorial in this series, we just kind of didn't really feel like it was appropriate um, to discuss. We've we've said what we need to say on the matter, so I know that some people that that was a big topic of discussion yesterday. We're recording this on uh, on Tuesday, um, you know his his funeral and and, and everything was yesterday. Um, you know, heart still goes out to the Bryant family. Um, that wasn't something that we really wanted to discuss on this episode. Um, so. If you're looking for that, we, we decided to skip over that and we kind of touched on the All-Star game and, and really bounced around what's currently going on in the league. Um, lastly, a couple of issues with the sound quality. My mic decided it was not going to fuck with me today during this episode. It just was not having it. Still, great episode nonetheless. Uh, I know sometimes when we have def- technical difficulties, we don't always post the episode, but this was too good of an episode not to post. Um, so you may, it may sound like I'm far away. It's actually recording on, uh, my computer's audio instead of my microphone. So, um, this perfect sound that you're hearing right now, unfortunately not going to be the case from my side of things, but we know you're still going to listen to it anyway, cause you guys are loyal and we appreciate you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Brady, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Join our, um, all-star vacation. You know what I'm saying? You know, we felt that the the, the All Stars got a, a nice little break. NBA took a break. We felt we should get one too. Shit, if we're All Stars, so why not? Ab- you know what? Absolutely. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're gonna change the name of this. We're gonna introduce ourselves as All Stars now. On damn it, hey, we don't love us. Who gonna love us? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a lot going on since we've been away. All Star Weekend was a success. Probably the best I remember. The best that I can remember and. A long ass time. Uh, I didn't, I never which, watched Friday stuff. Yeah, it depends uh, on which which portion you're talking about. Because it's the dunk contest, and now that All Star weekend it probably been the um, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine. If you're actually talking about the game, you probably got to go back to shit 2005 or some shit when it was Jordan and Kobe. Probably, I was about to say, man, shit, probably before that. It's been it's been at least 15, 20 years since the All Star game been has been good. Nah, that Jordan and Kobe shit with Dow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta respect that one. But that's like what yeah. thirteen years ago, or something. No, that yeah, was what oh three, oh two. When Jordan retired again, I, was o- I feel like it was oh four, oh five, something like no, that. Hell no, Jordan been forty got or forty five years old at that point. I don't know. You just gonna set me up to start shooting out dates. You know I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna start making <laughs> shit up. <laughs> oh man, so uh, I thought it was great. A great uh, weekend. Three point contest was awesome. The skills challenge was awesome. The dunk contest was awesome. I'm gonna tell you what though, they, they got to cue this shit in the celebrity game. I watched probably 30 minutes of. It. I usually have fun watching it, but they were doing some shit like every commercial break. They were playing like a game to add points. They were just doing way too much in the celebrity all star. I know it's not, everybody doesn't watch it, but they need to change yeah. that. And the rookie sophomore game. They're going to have to find a way to 
do international players, but also because there's no way Kobe White should be left out, but Nikhil Alexander Walker is playing just because he's for the world team. They got to fix 100%. that shit. So you can't have say, okay, we're going to have like eight Americans and eight, because then you start putting people that don't deserve to be on there just because they're from overseas. There was too many people left out. Like you didn't get Sexton in there. You didn't get Kobe White in there. It's just, it's ridiculous. They have to fix that. Maybe they just go to do a draft style like the regular All-Star, but you can't. You can't have motherfuckers that don't even play just because they're on the world team. I agree. Um, and to be fair, I didn't watch that either. So, you um, know, I'm just... It's pretty I'm interesting game for, like, dunking and watching Zion. It was, it was, it was good. Uh, and we'll get to Zion out here in a little bit. Um, but, anyway, did you feel Aaron Gordon got robbed? That's what needs to change. The dunk, the dunk contest judges, just stop. Like, you know what I mean? D Wade, obviously, I I could go either way. I don't feel like Aaron, Aaron Gordon got robbed, but as good as um, Derek Jones Jr. is, he, how many di- different variations of the between legs dunk do we need to see? Not saying it ain't impressive, but that, all I'm that, saying is it was the same damn dunk. That last one was stupid though. The one where not the one off the side of the backboard. So the problem with the dunk contest is you either get judges that are too lenient or too strict. You rarely get judges that have a good balance. Like, I know when they had that shit on TNT, it seemed like Shaq had a good balance when he was judging. Because you can't say, oh, every dunk is incredible, because then if you do that, you set the standard. So I really believe that was a problem with this dunk contest. They gave them 50s when they didn't deserve 50s. And then when it comes down to actually having to judge it, because you only can go a certain amount of rounds, now you got to decide on dunks. You know what I'm saying? Now you're underscoring the dunks. So you overscore some dunks and you underscore some dunks. If you tell them, it depends on which part you cut the dunk, dunk contest off, who won that dunk contest. It probably should have just been a draw. Because that one where Gordon caught it off the side of the backboard with one hand, that shit looked like a 2K dunk. That shit... That's, what, that might be the best dunk I've ever... Uh, it's, it's definitely the top three dunks I've ever seen. I'm not sure, because it, it didn't even look real. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the way he <laughs> caught it and the fluidness of doing the dunk. If that's if if you're judging, but the problem is I can't remember who go first, but I thought that Derek Jones Jr. went first, so he got a fifty for his dunk, or you know what I'm saying? It was that that's where it messed up right then because if Aaron Gordon went first, I can't truly remember, he should have got a fifty and then whatever Derek Jones Jr. did, it should not have compared. You know what I mean? So And that's the thing, it's like all dunks because that that's like if there's a fifty, if there's a perfect dunk, that Aaron Gordon dunk was it. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the fifty dunk. So they need to quit fucking yeah. giving out fifties just because. Yep. Maybe you go forty nine, forty eight, yep. and then for something truly incredible that we've ever seen, then do a fifty. Just cause it's a good dunk and they jump high doesn't mean it should be a fifty. So they kinda need to change the scoring where you need to really, really impress me to be a fifty. Uh, otherwise it's forty eight, forty nine. Even that Pat Connaughton dunk was hard, though, where he jumped over, dude, bounced off the back. I mean, I thought that was a 50. Yeah. I think they – would they give him a 47 on that? You know, just inconsistent. Yeah, it's just inconsistent, and that's why they need to kind of get together and say, hey, we're only giving 50s for something that's truly innovative and incredible. Other, otherwise, the baseline's 48, 49, somewhere yep. between there. And then you can truly separate people because you can still give them respect by getting 49s. The problem is if you give – a dude that jumps high, but it's a weak, non-innovative dunk of 50, and then I come and do something creative that's high difficulty, and you give me a 48, I'm going to feel cheated. So at the yep. end, 
I, I agree. I thought Derrick Jones Jr. should have won based off that last dunk if everything's even. Because I've seen a hundred people dunk over tall motherfuckers. And it was just a regular two-handed dunk. It wasn't like he was small. So if you're judging off the very last dunk, then yeah, Derrick Jones should have won. But if you're judging off the whole resume, then Aaron Gordon probably wins that shit hands down. Agreed. Um, what do you think about three-point contest? It was good, man. Uh, but the problem with three-point contest is I already don't remember who won. Uh, Buddy who won? Hill. Buddy Hill dropped. Oh, that's right. It was Buddy. Yeah. That's right. I, I still I don't mean, like the fact that I feel like they they slowly steal it from my man Ice Cube. Everybody laughed at the shit in the celebrity game. Now you got a four-point line. Now you threw, throw the four-point things up there. They're talking about next year having a one-on-one. Like, hey. Give my man credit. You know what I'm saying? If y'all have a three Break on three, my man turn- some bread. Hey, give him the credit. Yeah, man, give him respect. Y'all act like he y'all didn't want anything to do with the league, and y'all didn't want to, uh, you know, acknowledge that as a valid way to get into the league. And now he didn't change it to hot shot and completely separated. Now y'all want to start selling his shit, man. Give Cube respect. I'm gonna give you credit because big three XFL. I I wasn't on either of them. Uh, I still don't really watch either of them. But I agree with you that they're both going to be successful leagues. Uh, Big Three is probably here to stay. XFL, I think, is going to be here to stay, and I think you'll see, like the NBA with the with the uh, Big Three, the NFL will steal from uh, the XFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt to be innovative. Um, and it's also about timing. That's what I always say. Everyone always be like, like this can't work. This can't work. All that shit can work if you don't compete directly with the main league if you're not trying to replace that league and you're just trying to get in and your niche where you fit in you can work the only reason the usfl went is because donald trump decided that he wanted to compete directly with the nfl when everybody told him it's not a good business move to do that you're not going to steal views away from the nfl but if you get in that little gap where nobody ain't doing shit you get in that summertime where people don't watch baseball you can get enough views to maintain you know, I, I agree. I mean, as long as you know, I will say don't compete with the NFL and also don't compete with college football. I mean, yeah. you, you just you, you're at the perfect time and nothing going on football wise except for combine shit, which, you know, who cares? Um, and, and there's really nothing going on until the draft competing with college time. basketball. That's what they're competing with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and people are going to watch football over college basketball all day. Yeah. So, um, I right, man. Let's get to current stuff right now. We've got the playoff got the All-Star coming. game, man. Oh, my bad. You're right. Uh, <laughs> All-Star game. Great All-Star game. Um, I was confused as to how all this was going to work with the ad in 24 and, you know. But, man, that's successful. I, and they, they kind of bullshit around first three quarters, which was to be expected. But, you know, Giannis, man, I like Giannis. You talk about uh, Mamba mentality. That dude was there from – from the beginning, the opening tip to the end, he wanted to win this this, Shit. this bitch. I mean, Shit, yeah. I would say he was there from the draft up into the game because he was trying to win during the draft. If you look at his draft, he was drafting like he was building an actual team to go play basketball. Now, I think that kind of didn't work in his favor because of the starters. I know you were complaining about, you know, Trey Young and Kimba, but that kind of limited his options on starters because he – actively didn't want like James Harden and you know certain players and the way it worked out he couldn't get Kawhi if he'd have got Kawhi when he wanted him um then it would have been a different story but the fact he had to get Trey Young and he had to get Kimba Walker kind of worked in his favor so Kyle Larry ended up playing a lot of the minutes and that old that goes to show that draft was interesting because it shows that Giannis has a specific type of player 
that he likes playing with. He don't like all that just, if you're not playing defense, doing all the other things, then I don't think Giannis fucks with you. And that's, that's going to be important for free agency. That's going to be important for if he stays with the Bucks. Um, I think I was listening to a podcast, a new one called the Guy and Girls Podcast. I think it's on Instagram, GG Sports Talk. Uh, but they were talking about how he picked Bam. And if you're looking at a free agency destination, he really praised Bam. And I could see Giannis wanting to go to a style like the Miami Heat because it really – it really um, highlights all the things that he loves. Now, with that said, I believe Milwaukee does too because they do a good job of putting people around him and building it. As long as they keep doing that, they'll be fine. But if he were to leave, I would definitely be looking at a team like Miami for him to go to. He's not going to team up with a bunch of all-stars. He's going to go to people that want to grind, work hard, play defense. That's his style. I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot of shit about Miami. Deservedly so. Um <laughs> But I, I agree with you. I think that if there if he were to leave, it would be a team like Miami who is serious about basketball all the time. I mean, you can talk about the um, you know, the, the body fat limit, you know, all this, that and the other, but you know, Miami is what Giannis is looking for. But I also agree with you. I don't think he leaves Milwaukee unless it's for a good situation. He's not going to LA, most likely. Yeah. He's probably not going to the Knicks. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the only other team I can see him going to is probably the Grizzlies, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know he wants to play with Ja. No, yeah, everybody wants to play with Ja. But, I mean, I will uh, say, I will say, man, watching that uh, rookie, sophomore, whatever it's called now, man, Ja is fucking explosive. Like, I I saw him in college, and he'd be like, ah, you know, a lot of people look explosive in college. But, man, the explosiveness of how he – Man, it's just it's just kind of incredible to watch. And then they start talking about John ja Zion was on the same AAU team. What That's the fuck, crazy. man? I can't even that imagine. Crazy. <laughs> um, we'll get John ja the Grizzlies here in a second. I, we, we're gonna bounce around a lot. There's so there's a lot going on in the league right now. We are in this playoff stretch. Um, that's about to get really exciting. Um, so let's jump to it. Have we said all we need to say on the damn All Star game? Uh, just did you like it absolutely i hope they do it and i hope it continues to be played out this way um i have my doubts because most of the guys one thing man but at the nba and got and and you know they talk about the ratings being down they talk about um you know in-season tournaments they talk about all this that, and the other um but I really do feel like the superstars and a lot of the players in the in the NBA are the ones to blame for devalue in the regular season. I, agree. I mean, they just don't give a fuck about the regular season. I and that, that's evident. You got to blame uh, Pop and the Spurs for that, too. You do. And he's the catalyst for resting these guys on major, you know, uh, major TV nights, uh, you know, load management. And I'm not saying I have a problem with load management. We're in 2020. Technology is different. Your body's different. You know, we, we see these. We want to. Um, extend these guys' careers from 12 to 13 years to probably 15 to 16 years now. And so I'm, I'm with all that. But again, these guys don't care about the regular season at all. Um, I've heard a couple things. Go ahead. I was just going to say, my problem with that is I agree with all that stuff, but I don't like the fact that they do it on major TV nights because major TV nights is usually the best competition. You can sit out those same games playing the fucking Cleveland Cavaliers and shit like that. That starts to make me... Tuesday night or something. Yeah, that starts to make me feel like these motherfuckers are stat-patting because if you're doing that and then sitting out on major broadcast games against elite competition, you should at least have to play in those. Like That should be almost mandatory to me because you're going to have a random... Friday game against somebody else where you you have plenty of games where you can rest 
And they're yeah. not the games that I see them picking is kind of the games that keep their stats up and don't really want to be competitive to wear down your body. So there's the one thing about low management, but when you're taking away the best competition, it's going to take your ratings down, and that's what's happening. You're tuning in to see Kawhi against Giannis, and then Kawhi sits out for low management. That's a problem on TNT. On That's the primetime game that's slotted in. They're going to have to do something about that, man. I agree. Um, I, I think that's bad for the game. Um, but a lot of good going on right now. Um, you know, where do we start? Let's start with uh, the Sunday game, uh, the Lakers versus the Celtics. Um, what a game. Tatum's growing up right before our eyes. Tatum has been on an absolute tear uh, over the last month. And he, I, I, I think I said in our, our basketball group chat Sunday, I like watching this dude play. Um, his hand, I mean, the, he, he stopped the bullshit with the three-pointers that he was shooting last year. Um, he gets to the hole at will. He was guarding Anthony Davis towards the end of the game. I mean, do you see a scenario where Jason Tatum – I mean, I we I feel like we've had the, the the same thought that okay, potentially he could be one of the best ten to fifteen guys in the league. Uh, do you still how how what do you think his ceiling is right now? Judging off what we're seeing over the last month, month and a half, I definitely think the kid has the potential to be one of the best players in the game. I mean, he, I mean, last year it was kind of the same way I felt like Brandon Ingram. I mean, when I saw that dude in college, he just scored so easy. Um, and did everything so easy. I thought when coming into the league, he was going to be one of the best players. Kyrie really set that dude back because when he got a chance to play in his rookie year and Kyrie was hurt, he kind of looked like this. Now, he was young. He couldn't handle all the games, so he would fall off some. But we were really looking for the ascension that he had this year, last year. This is what yep. we thought we would see last year. And then when we didn't get that from him and we didn't get that from Jalen Brown, we started – <laughs> well, we didn't get that from Tatum and Jalen Brown. We started to blame them for it when really it was just it was a toxic environment. Now we're starting to see that from both because earlier in the season, this was Jalen Brown doing some, some of these same things. And now now you see Tatum doing some of these things. So this team, those two, two together, they're going to be a dynamic duo for years to come. And I just love what I'm seeing from Tatum and I love what I'm seeing from Jalen Brown. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say Jalen Brown as well. Um, I I like what the Celtics are doing, and you know they were so close to being able to steal that game without Kimba Walker. Um, they just you talk about a real dud. Uh, that that Brad Wanamaker spot, that Grant Williams spot, those are two. That that's my issue with the Celtics as far as. But it's also you know, well, did Marcus Smart play Sunday? I can't remember. He did. Okay, because they've been yeah. suffering a lot of injuries and rotating one in. I mean. I, I would I would lean less towards that spot and more to that center spot. I hate what they've done at center because you can canter. I like this, a hard worker, but that's not I like really. Tice. Yeah, I like him a lot. I wish they would have took a chance. If if you could get Andre Drummond for what the fuck they, what Cleveland got for Andre Drummond, come on, man. Come on. Now you're so, kind of saying that about everybody, right? It's like, if that's what Andre Drummond's with, why didn't some of these contenders throw that out there? I mean, that, that's why I can't really figure out what happened because they didn't want to. They didn't want to pay for him because everyone's so terrified that he's going to opt in. So if he opts so in, what? that's twenty-seven million dollars. Everyone's always looking towards the future. Fuck the future. What about right yeah. now? You know exactly. I mean? If if you put Drummond on the Celtics team, I, I would say that they're favorites to come out the East. Um, you know, especially if 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 Tatum continues this ascension. I mean. How many times have you seen guys who get hot like him and then they make a deep playoff run? Now, maybe they, they poop out, but it's because they need one more guy. But Drummond would have been perfect for the Celtics. And Drummond would have been 
it's perfect yeah. because he there's not a true point guard on the Celtics. Like Walker can be a true point guard, but he can play off the ball, and that was kind of the problem with um, Drummond with the uh, Drummond with the Pistons is. Reggie Jackson wanted to control the ball, run, pick, and roll. But you can actually run that offense through Drummond and let those other guys spot up and play off of him. And I think they, they would have been deadly with Drummond. But, you know, I mean, they got their cap situations, opting in, can't sign him to an extension, don't want to give up assets. I understand all that. But sometimes, bro, you just got to go for it and see if you're trying if, to if, win. If, if you can win a title, fuck it. Figure us out later. It's worth it. Now, we'll uh, say the one thing you do worry about if you actually do give up assets and then you meet the Sixers that he hasn't shown he can do anything with Joel Embiid. I mean, true, but so what? I mean, it's not yeah, like they have anybody can do anything with them now. But shit, you know? at least you can have some people that just play hard defense like at least this can make it tough for him hard. Like, Drummond can do nothing against Joel Embiid. Like, nothing. <laughs> so, Ben Simmons is hurt. Hurt his back. Yeah, uh, Joel and B scored forty nine points last night. Um, I still don't believe in the Sixers. Yeah, I don't I believe. Just don't I don't believe in them either. You know, I think that that whole organization is going to need a shake up. I, again, you and I have talked about, and I don't think that they will, but I think they should. I would get rid of one of them. Um, you know, whichever one. I, I would keep Simmons personally in a guard driven league. Um, you know, I don't know that that Embiid is going to play seventy games a year, let alone eighty-two games a year plus the playoffs. Um, you know, I just there's something off with them, and Al Horford has been a complete mess. You can say you, I mean, Al Horford is either definitely washed or this situation is just bad. It's kind of like what we talked about last year. I just couldn't see a scenario where someone was going to give Al Horford three years, a hundred million dollars. I'm totally fucking surprised that anybody would do it. And I'm even more surprised that the fucking Sixers would do it. What are you doing, Elton Brand? I could understand the fact of him being insurance, but that's a lot of money to pay for somebody that's just insurance. I mean, you could have went and got... He's 34 years old. Yeah, you could have went and got a Dwayne Deadman for insurance behind Joel Embiid. Some shit. That's, he does a lot of the same shit you making Embiid do anyway. Stand out on the perimeter, shoot threes, rebound. I don't understand why they gave Horford so much money. I understand that Horford's a good player, but it just, it could have been a great, if they were going to be great defensively, then I understand, but they are terrible defensively. And that's one of the you big problems. And I don't care what you say about Embiid, great player, 49 points last night. I was watching some of that game against Atlanta. Uh, I still do not like the fact this dude, so here's the, here's the scenario, right? He runs down the court, gets a block on the off, on the defensive end, Runs back down. Uh, I think it was Shake Milton. Somebody, whoever had the ball on the wing, uh, and Bede's running back. They kick it to him, and this fool just drops it, just, like takes a three from two feet behind the the top of the key, and of course clanks it. And uh, you know, Atlanta gets rebound, calls timeout, and Bede is is over the crowd, you know, pump him up. And if I'm the crowd, I'm like, what the fuck did you do that for? Like, get your ass in the paint dude like stop these 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 slow ass ball fakes three to five three pointers a game i don't care about analytics like you're not a good three-point shooter you're not a good three-point shooter he's stubborn and, about it though he's stubborn the, about it when they asked him about it he said well everyone tells me i need to be down low more and i need to be on the outside to make shit spread out like conceptually no. i understand what he's saying when it's with ben simmons but that's what you do best is down low and then so you chuck up a three after a great defensive play you chuck up a three with 20 seconds left in the shot clock it's like why the fuck would you do that like that's not good basketball i don't i don't care what the numbers say like 
that is, I've seen enough basketball in my life to say a bad three-point shooter should not be shooting threes just for the fuck of it. You know what I mean? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, anyway. everyone talks about analytics and all this shit, but then we forget, like, we talked about either last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, the most dangerous people shoot mid-range shots. I mean, yep. <laughs> no matter what, even when you talk about Curry, how good Curry shoots and do all this shit, he shoots a ton of fucking mid-range shots and layups. Yep. Devin Booker, ton of Kevin Durant, LeBron yep. James, all the greatest players that you're going to see in the NBA, even talking about Jason Tatum. He ain't doing that shit by shooting nine threes, a lot of mid-range, deadly shots. So whatever analytics tells you, yeah, it looks good for the numbers and shit. But even James Harden, James Harden's the only difference is he takes a lot of free throws. You don't get those free throws unless you're drawing fouls, going Drive to the, the lane. Best. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like every great scorer gets a lot of their points either through layups and mid-range shots or yep. free throws and you can't do free throws unless you're going you're not doing that shit shooting fadeaway threes even Harden right. takes it to the basket you know what I'm saying so I just so, I don't and even if you and, and my biggest problem with the Sixers and when you start having this argument yes I do believe that overall Joel Embiid is probably more talented just because he's he's more rare he's rare you know what I'm saying? The big man that can move like that, shoot like that, and do those things. But the problem with that is he's stubborn as fuck. He obviously has some type of attitude problem. You see that going this year. He, I don't know if he's a good locker room guy because everyone's complaining about the locker room. And with Joel Embiid coming out with that message, it sounds like they're pointing the finger at him. <laughs> it's, yep. it, everything's pointing to that Joel Embiid is the problem in the locker room. Then if you put everything on his shoulder – it, it becomes it becomes more dangerous for the Sixers right now with Ben Simmons out because you can deal with Joel Embiid being out for an extended amount of times and putting that load on Ben Simmons, but can Joel Embiid handle that load? He probably, he might get hurt. We don't know. He's exactly. not he's not good at handling all those minutes, the ball going through all those touches. When Ben Simmons wasn't there, he was hurt way more. Yep. Ben Simmons takes a lot of pressure off of him where he's been playing more games, but now. You have to. He might be there for an extended um, amount of time. If he gets hurt, I really worry about their chances in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. And this is going to show, in my opinion, this is going to this should show the Sixers exactly what to do, right? We saw how good they were without Joel Embiid and just Ben Simmons, and now we've got no Simmons and just Embiid. We'll see how they do. I mean, Atlanta, you're supposed to win that game. Uh, so we'll see how when the schedule gets tough and you start to play some of these teams who are trying to fight for playoff spots like like the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you know, you'll you'll see how how good that team is with just Joel Embiid. And I'm I'm a little iffy on them. And my, uh, my biggest problem with them in the playoffs is the team, even if they get through the first round, which more than likely they will, uh, unless they end up playing like the Pacers. Because they're the sixth seed right now. And so who Shit, would they be? Yeah, uh, I'm about to say so. If they, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I, I think that they are better than they're playing, so they could move up. But if they don't, you're right because if they get in that six or fifth seed, shit. If actually they need to move up because you're right because six seed they're in trouble. I think even a four or five seed against the Pacers they're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, let's look at where they are right now. I don't know, uh, man, because. I, you know, the chances of them getting to like a three seed is troubling because even if they get to a three seed, they're still going to have to play a six seed. So they're they're tied with Miami, right? Or they're a game behind Miami right now for the fourth seed. So currently Philly is four. Where's Indiana? Sorry, Indiana six, Philly's five, Miami's four. So that's the problem. So all those teams in that top six, I believe, are more dangerous teams 
than the Sixers just because of the way they play. Because the one thing about the East is they all play good ball movement, hard defense, and they all hustle like hell. When you get to play the Pacers, the Raptors, the uh, the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, those teams right there are hell to play because they don't quit. <laughs> They're always going I mean, full throttle. I actually think it would help the Sixers. I think the one team that does not want to play the Sixers is Boston. Um, you know, I, I think that's a tough matchup for them. But so if it depends if they, on if they if got Ben is, Simmons, correct? Yeah, correct. So you know, if they have Ben Simmons, that's that's a tough matchup because Kemba can't do shit with Ben Simmons. But if they uh, don't have Ben Simmons, traditionally Boston yeah. has been a really bad matchup for Joel Embiid because yep. they will play him physical as fuck, and in the playoffs, you don't get those calls. So putting people in there like this and people that'll just bang them and foul them and don't care about taking fouls, that's going to be a real problem for Joel Embiid because he's kind of soft and he's going to resort back to shooting out them damn threes. Yeah, so we talked about the Houston Rockets, or, or James Harden. Well, hold but, on. Before uh, you go there, are you buying or selling the Sixers? I know you're selling. I want to get you on record. I'm selling the Sixers. How far do you think they go? They make it out the first round? The matchup depending. You know, like I said, it's hard to tell. If they play anybody but Boston or Indiana, <laughs> I'd say no. Indiana's uh, a tough matchup they, for them, though. It is, but I think they can win that matchup. Boston is just depending on, on – I, I think Boston wins that. I think Boston's a better team. But they would give they would give Boston a real hard time. Everyone else, no, I don't think they would. Yeah, I'm on record for weeks of saying that I don't think Sixers get out of the first round, mainly because if they're anywhere in the top six, then they have the worst coach of anybody in the play in those out of those five teams. One hundred percent, they're gonna get out coached. So, Houston Rockets, um, since making their trade or, uh, or since getting Capella out of there and going all small ball, yeah. Um, they are currently on a four-game win streak, and I think they're. If you take away the game that Westbrook missed, I think they're like six and one or seven and one since this trade. And you talk about uh, Westbrook stats. Westbrook stats Westbrook, have skyrocketed. <laughs> Westbrook's been on tear. He stopped shooting threes, which was my biggest complaint about this dude. Um, I don't know if someone finally was like, "Look, dude, stop." Just stop. I mean, because you're not good at it. Yeah, so, he's, he's shooting uh, a career worse than three pointers this year. I think he's something like 21 percent or some crazy shit like that. He, he's shooting a career worse all around. The, the, well, the, not the way, well overall, but in the last like 13 games, I think he's shooting like 47 percent or some shit like that. But it's mostly because he's able to get to the basket now, and so Westbrook actually leads the league in points in the paint. Uh, this year by a wide margin, by like 20 points a game. The next closest to him is 16 points a game. I think that's uh, Giannis. And he's uh, leading the team in rebounds. Yeah, so this is working out for the Rockets. And, you know, someone made a good point. I think it was Ryan Rosillo, actually. He made a really good point. It's like every time the Rockets start to do something, the everyone hates it. Uh, universally, everyone, no one likes the Rockets. Like basketball people hate them. Only Rockets fans or Westbrook fans or Harden fans like the Rockets. Like or watching me. the Rockets. Well, not watching it, but just stop. Or your cousin. (laughs) You know, like, just, just, you know. (laughs) But for the most part, people are out on the Rockets. But every time we say, you know, this isn't going to work, when they decide to, you know, double down on how many three-pointers they were going to shoot, they they almost made it to the finals. When they decide to get Chris Paul, that's not going to work. They almost made it to the finals. Um, They got Westbrook. It's not going to work. You know, and, and it wasn't to start the season. 
Um, but now that they've decided, you know what, can't have two people who can't shoot. Uh, we're going to go all small. We're going to double down on this again. It's not going to work, and it is working. I don't think it's going to work in the playoffs. I think, at, uh, you know, trying to do that for seven games um, and, and having a series where you're playing a guy like, let's see, they're the four seed right now, so they'd be playing Utah. That might be a favorable matchup for them. But I, I don't I can't say for sure because Utah is a physical game, team and over a seven game series maybe that wears them down. They've owned they could Utah play, over the last two years though. They they could uh they could play uh, Rudy Gobert right off the court. Yeah, so, like I said, they've owned Utah the past two years and this year they probably match up better because you can go they can go more small ball to match up with them. Um, but over the last two years Utah's really struggled. So this is my problem. Like it's a that's what I always tell people the. When I stop watching ESPN, then a lot of people form their opinions. I'm not saying you, but they listen to all these pundits and people that are supposed to be intelligent. But it's just like a microwave thing on like these sports networks. They just go against it because it's good to go against it or because it sells papers. But or not papers. Nobody reads papers. Clicks. Okay, what year are you in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it I'm old. Clicks, yeah, I'm, I'm old as fuck. But <laughs> yeah, but it gets it gets clicks. So people say the most popular thing. Oh, this not work. This not work. Traditional basketball. Blah blah blah. And it just goes back to people just don't like it. They don't believe that style could work. Just like when you brought the spread into college football. Everyone said that wouldn't work. It's not going to work. You can't play like that. That won't be traditional football. All these reasons why. And now everybody does the fucking spread. Because at the end of the day, I don't even understand people's argument. Like, when we have this argument, like, it frustrates me with you because I don't understand your argument about it. Because if you just use common sense and you go back through the playoffs, this shit has been working for a while. And the best, and the best that they ever did with this style was when they had Trevor Ariza. Last year, they only took a step back because they let go of Trevor Ariza, which they shouldn't have. So you go replace Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza was way more important in that series against Golden State two years ago than Clint Capella was. And the only reason they probably lost is because Trevor Ariza went one from 17 from the goddamn three-point line and couldn't hit anything and kept shooting them. But they barely lost that game. So well, you, that was the whole team. They went like 0 for 28 to down. The yeah, they went, but he shot 17. There's no reason <laughs> fucking Trevor Reza should be shooting 18 damn three pointers and go one for 17. If he just right. takes a couple of layups or drive and kick it or something, they that's probably Tony though. Like, True, yo, you calm, but you if he's down, bro. But if he's playing great defense because they yeah. can switch everything, and he was yeah. he was essentially the four then, and um, P.J. Tucker was the five. They did small ball that whole finals against the Warriors, and he gave the Warriors fits. They barely won that series. That's the one where Chris Paul got hurt, and they still gave him a challenge. So if you're looking at that and you say, well, we went with Clint Capella last year, and we, we were hurt by losing Ariza, how about we go get Robert Covington, who's a better version of Trevor Ariza? And that's what they did. It's going to open up the lane for Westbrook. This team is so fucking dangerous, and I don't know why people can't see it. I am just dubious that they are going to be able to do this against team. Like, I, I don't think this works in seven games against the Lakers. I think it can work one night, you know, first game out. Lakers don't know what the hell to expect. But Lakers are too big for that. See, I, I, mean, see I, I, I go the opposite. Like, you can say that. But at the end of the day, the Lakers have to match up with them, and they give problems for the Lakers because what happens is they go so fast, you can allow Anthony Davis to just go for 40. And that last game they played, you saw that. You can keep letting them run that fucking pick and roll and LeBron throw oops and Anthony Davis dunks, and that shit looks good 
when those two are in the game. Once one of them goes out, it gets really bad because now you're doing that same style and you don't have people on the court that can score as easy as Anthony Davis and LeBron. And neither one of those dudes are playing 48 minutes. So as soon as they and go out, they run them off the fucking court. Cause you can't play Jamel McGee and Dwight Howard out there. And then they get the lead. Now, Anthony Davis and LeBron come back in and it just, I mean, I'm telling you it just like you think that they're going to be a might matchup nightmare for Houston. Houston's a matchup nightmare for them too. The only difference is Houston plays that style in waves. <laughs> no matter who goes out and comes in, they're running. So um, the one thing that gives me pause is there was something that Steve Nash said on uh, the Book of Basketball podcast, uh, I think, you know, maybe four or five months ago. And he said that his biggest regret and the reason that Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns didn't win a title was because they didn't like fully go all in on basically what the Rockets are doing right now. Yeah. Um, and so I started to think about that, about what he said, and I was just like, I mean, the league does, hasn't really seen – this isn't something like I can – it's kind of like you said, the spread offense is a perfect example. It's kind of like a lot of these teams, I think the Lakers have a lot of smart basketball players, LeBron, uh, Rondo. Uh, uh, Rondo ain't giving me much on the court, but at least, you know, can see this. And so I, I, I just think that the Lakers are a better team um, that can deal with this. But as I look up and down the standings, I mean, I think this style could work against Denver, Clippers maybe, um, Utah for sure. We've seen that. Uh, OKC, um, you know, they can run everyone else out the gym. I think their struggle is going to be with the Lakers. But as I look over everything and I think about who is, you know, the personnel and the rest of these teams in the West, you might be right. Uh, See, because think, why I, couldn't it work? I think the ops And um, I agree with your point. But the only thing I would disagree with is saying that, we haven't seen this because we have, and they're just pretty much taking what Golden State did with their Hampton Five and their death lineup and implementing it all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, but, they, but Houston doesn't have a KD level. No, but I'm of, saying that before KD, the death lineup oh, was 2014. The, yeah, the death lineup. Yeah. They're taking that death lineup and they're changing it to that's what PJ Tucker plays a Draymond role, and they're just it, it Igadala's Covington. You know what I mean? They're just using that death lineup. The only difference is now you don't have three point shooters besides Harden. Now you got Westbrook attacking, which plays kind of the KD role instead of mid range jumper. He's attacking the basket, so I think this can work, but. I think the opposite, you said the only team that's going to give them trouble that you look at is the Lakers. Because, you know, people have so much respect for Anthony Davis and LeBron. But that supporting cast is trash in my eyes. And I think they can exploit that. Um, I like the Clippers. The Clippers is the one team, and I don't think they can beat the Clippers. So I, I think that the, they'll go to the, depending on how, the, how it matches up, all that shit ends when they play the Clippers. Because the Clippers can go small, especially now that they fucking got Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. That small ball lineup that the Clippers can put out there to match up with this team is, is crazy. Even Montrez Harrell can go out there, run, play fast, and give P.J. Tucker all types of hell. So I think Clippers are the one team that the Houston does not want to see. I think they need to pray that the Lakers match up with uh, the Clippers, which I don't think will happen. Well, no, they might because Clippers are down at the 3-4 range, right? They're four right Clippers now. Clippers are currently three. Three? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they need to hope that they can get on the Lakers side or that the Lakers or some team can beat the Clippers. Cause the Clippers is one team that I see that that style would not work on. I think, um, I did want to talk about the two LA teams. Um, I, I think that the Lakers are probably going to, I mean, they've got a five 
five game lead over uh, the Nuggets right now. I think they'll. I think they'll get that first seed. More than likely. Uh, I, so, who do you like better? I, I think I know the answer to this. I still think the Lakers are a better team than the Clippers, and here's why. And it's not really much to do with basketball on the court. I don't think that they have the chemistry. I mean, these dudes have not played together all season. Paul George finally just – by the way, do you think – we'll wait till after the season. But if you're the Clippers right now, judging by how much you gave up for just Paul George, are you happy right now? For, and, and the fact that both of these dudes can bounce after next season, you gave up six draft picks, seven draft picks, two pick swaps, plus – uh, Gallinari and SGA for Paul George, who's 28, two bad shoulders, broken leg. I mean, the dude, I, do you see a scenario where Paul George is playing 70 games a year, 75 games a year? He hasn't in forever. I don't, um, I don't think they care. And we, when you look at that situation, you also got to look at does Kawhi Leonard go with Paul George Dutton? So the price, yeah, you you look at it as, oh, you paid that for Paul George. No, you actually paid that for Kawhi. Cause Kawhi but if you don't win a title this year or next year, you are fucked. But that's why you do it because you're doing it. And that's why they don't give a shit what Paul George is doing this year. That's why he played a little bit. And he told uh, Doc Rivers, hey, my hamstring is tight. And they shut his ass down. All they want Paul George for is the playoffs. All they need Paul George for is a playoff. But and that's you, not. But that's not how basketball works, though. You and I is, both know it, that. You, it is today. You it don't. You today. don't think that these guys need some sort of chemistry to make a deep playoff run? You, I mean, so you look at. You I look mean, at, you do though. So, so you're looking at it as everybody. You really don't need it because at some point that rotation is gonna is gonna go down. But what right, I, you're playing what, six what seven I, guys. What you learn with playing with the Raptors is it's valuable. For all those other guys to get experience and play big minutes before the playoffs. At some point in time, probably in March, you're going to see Paul George and Kawhi be out there a lot more often together. Right now, it's more important for them to get chemistry with the other players and other people, learn how to play and integrate those players, and then add Paul George in. Now, have you ever seen, and I don't know if you've been watching the Clippers, actually, but uh, Kawhi Leonard has been more animated than I've ever seen him. I'm talking about throwing his hands up, yelling at teammates, like, yo, you're supposed to be in this spot. You're running out to – it was Landry Shaman in particular. You got Landry Shaman, who should have been running towards the basket on a fast break, decided to cut back out and, and fade towards the three-point line. Kawhi hits him with a pass. Of course, it goes out of bounds, and Kawhi Leonard blew up. But this, is the, this is the first time that Kawhi Leonard has been the true leader of the team because when he was on the Spurs – Pop was the leader of that team. He didn't have to worry about doing that shit. And he probably wasn't ready because Pop did it. He goes to the Raptors, and the Raptors were full of veterans. I mean, if you look at that Raptors team, that's a team full of veterans that had already been successful. They just needed somebody to help them get over the hump. He didn't have to say any of that shit with the Raptors because they were already a well-oiled machine. Now, he's trying to turn the Clifters into the Raptors of the Spurs or teams that he's played on before because those systems were already in place. This Clippers system was not already in place. So now you're because Doc, Doc teams he had Thibodeau there when they were truly a great defensive team. Once Thibodeau left, those Doc Rivers team weren't truly great defensive teams. He had a lot of Kevin Garnett made up for a lot of shit, but he's trying to implement what he knows and he learns, and he has to. Is he's going to have to be more of a beat leader. Also, this is the only time he's had this amount of pressure on him because there wasn't no pressure on him when he was with the Raptors. 
Which is, which is part of the reason I don't think I think Clippers could win a title next year. I don't I don't think they can win it this year. I just don't. I mean, NBA history says otherwise. Um, but real quick, NBA history said the Raptors wasn't going to win. Yeah, I mean, but if, <laughs> if 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 you go back, speaking of the Raptors, if you look at Kawhi, would Toronto not be the favorite to come out of the East to defend the title if he was still there? Oh, one thousand percent. They're forty-two and fifteen right now. They're probably the number one seed, or at at, at worst, the same at at the two seed right now. Uh, yeah, it just depends on how many games he played because it still would have been the load management. But you're probably looking at about the same record. Right. It's, and so do you think that if it was real that he was going to go to the Lakers and play with LeBron at AD? I don't think that was real. staying in Toronto, even though he's trying to get Paul George, uh, or going to, to the Clippers – do you think he's like laying it out and seeing what you see now? I think he chose the worst situation of the three. Shit, I don't. I don't know why you're so down on the Clippers because I don't. I don't know why you're so I, down. I mean, for on this the, year, I don't mean long term. I just see, mean. For I, this year. I don't. I don't understand that. Like I said, I don't know why you're so down on the Clippers and so high on the Lakers. And yeah, the Lakers are number one seed right now, but the Clippers aren't playing to try to get that because they they know they're trying to rest like. The amount of energy that LeBron and AD are putting in to be the number one seed, I believe, is going to affect them in the playoffs. That supporting cast is not great. That's why they're trying so hard to get a Reggie Jackson and a Marcus Morris. You, if those guys aren't playing at this level on all the time, then that team is not great. You don't trust Kyle Kuzma, um, Codwell Pope, JaVale McGee like that. That lineup, it's good for the regular season. It's kind of like we see with, like, Denver. It's going to be a whole different story when they get in the playoffs because all the stuff that you're talking about, you don't have to have mandatory rest days. They're built-in rest days for the Clippers. So you don't have to rest Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because they're coming in fresh and they're only game-planning towards you. That Lakers team has real holes, and I don't see how they match up with the depth of the Clippers. That Clippers team is one of the deepest teams I've seen. Now they got Reggie Jackson. They got Patrick Beverly. They got Marcus Morris. Jermichael Green is coming around. He's playing well now. Larry Shaman's been playing quality minutes. That team is so much deeper than the Lakers team. And all those players are playing quality minutes because Kawhi and Paul George aren't playing. So once you implement and you go to your rotation, anybody off that bench can come in and be a factor because they've been playing all season. And they play hard defense. I just I just don't know how you like the Lakers better than the Clippers. I, I think it's just the fact that I just don't trust that, you know, a, after not playing, you know, more than a handful of games together, that you're going to be on the same page for a deep playoff run. Like, Well, well you got to remember, though, we're just after the All-Star break. I know you don't like how it is, but people don't really get serious until March. When you're a real true oh, we're, playoff we're, team. We're on the stretch where load management is done, probably. Yeah, so in March – you're going to start seeing – and you probably would see Paul George playing now. but he's, I mean, he played last night. Yeah, I mean, but the, he he got rested over the All-Star break because of that nagging injury. You're about to see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and that team. You're about to see those rotations short, and you're about to see them really build up chemistry for the playoffs. You've already gotten all the other stuff that I talked about earlier. Now, like you said, it's time to build chemistry. Yes, LeBron and them is building building chemistry, but I don't I still don't think they got anybody on that team they can trust outside of LeBron and AD. And that's going to be a problem cuz if you I mean AD, the Lakers definitely should have made a move. I mean, bringing in Marcus Morris, whatever, or Marquise, whichever one of them they got. Marcus. Uh, which one's better, Marquise or Marcus? Cuz the numbers depends. say Marquise. But it, yeah, you, it, it depends, depends on the situation. Sometimes 
sometimes now Marcus is better for the Lakers because Marcus is more of a spot up three point shooter. Markeith is a better defender and kind of get my own shot, kind of an off brand KD. Marcus is better just run and shoot. So he's great for the Lakers. He went to the better situation because to be a spot up shooter, that's that's going to be better for him. Um, Let's talk about the playoffs uh, in terms of the eight seed in the West. We don't need to worry. Pelicans, Pelicans. They're running, man. So you've got the Memphis Grizzlies, who I've been watching a lot of Grizzlies games, naturally. Um, I. So here's the thing. Injuries at the wrong time. A, injuries at the wrong time. Three-game losing streak. You just lost Jaron Jackson for a couple weeks. Brandon Clark is now hurt. Um, the one thing that I noticed about the Grizzlies – Oh, also, bad Dylan Brooks is back. Uh, he's been trash, as I said, all season. Hey, man. With the exception of January, he's been trash. Listen, uh, he's growing as a player. He got the money. Man, he got the money. Trash. <laughs> hey, it's funny how, how how players lose that intensity once they get the money, ain't it? Right? <laughs> hey, but you know what? I will say this about Dylan Brooks. I think he's going through, like, the, the he's taking the same shots he was in January. He's just not making them. Yeah. But – you know, this is why you don't pay motherfuckers in the middle of the season when the, on a contract year. Yeah, I wouldn't okay? get that extension. This is why you don't do that. But I think they and, had to because of those trades coming in. And they, like I said, they were going to lock themselves out of the cap next year. So they, I don't think they could afford to do it in the offseason. And as much as I like Justice Winslow and, and as excited as I was for that trade, damn, that was – to take all that freaking money back. Now you're on my and, side because Justice yeah. is really – because he's really hurt. Now you start to see what I said. I don't understand that shit, man. You know, and for a guy who – as talented as Winslow shown he can be, but only Winslow works when he has the ball in his hands. And that clearly is not going to be the case when, when you have John on the floor. So unless you're going to run this dude as a sixth man and let him run the second unit or a hybrid or something like that, I don't. Well, I will he's say he's at his best when he's playing point guard. I, I will say he. I do believe that, but with the style they're trying to play and play fast, I think it can work if he's healthy. Because that goes to anybody that takes it off the rim can go. And because Ja is so explosive and he can jump and he can play off the ball, he will have to improve his shooting. But if if Justice get it, he can run it and have Ja on the outside wing going. And if you really get that thing going. Having a wing of Ja and um, Brandon Clark, or you know what I'm saying, or Winslow and uh, Jaron Jackson. Jackson, then you you start playing Josh Jackson, or even you know, Josh Jackson. Yeah, yep, exactly. so you start playing real fast. So I could see it. Um, he can be whenever you rest Ja, he could be the backup point guard. You don't have to rely on Tyus Jones still give you size. So I can see it. The problem is, is I thought Justice Winslow was faking. Now it looks like he's actually hurt. He's really hurt. So then if you have all the other natting injuries and then you add a fucking back injury to it, that's back, foot injuries, and knee injuries are the worst. Yep. And so, you know, you're the Grizzlies. You had a three-game lead, um, and now you have a three-game losing streak. You're still the eighth seed, um, but Portland's right behind you. New Orleans is right behind you, and that's probably about it. Your Phoenix Suns, as I said earlier in the season, mm-mm. So Memphis is on a three-game losing streak. Now, Portland, they got injured at the worst time, too. Damon yep. Lillard's out for like three weeks. Although, yep. although CJ is playing at another level, mad respect yep. to him. I mean, like I've been – set up for New Orleans. Like I said, New Orleans got the easiest schedule. Zion is starting to get a feel for the game and look unstoppable down there. 
I don't know, man. <laughs> honestly, it's the matchup as you know, as a Grizzlies fan. Like, you know, I, I, I get it. We're overachieving this year. We weren't supposed to be here. One thing I noticed about Ja, though, is that he's going to have to work on in the offseason. A, he's going to have to thicken up. I mean, he's still, you know, he's very skinny. Um, and B, he's going to have to work on his jump shot because they've given him that Westbrook syndrome where they're like, man, shoot, I don't care. Underneath you know, on all picking rolls. Yeah, you know they they'll, they sag off of him, let him shoot, whatever. So and and he hasn't been taking the shot, which is another problem. You at least have to be a threat, and he hasn't been. Um, so Memphis probably out, right? And and it comes down to New Orleans and Portland, as you said. Dame's hurt. Portland's hurt at the wrong time. Everything is set up for New Orleans right now. And Zion, I think we talked about it, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, Zion's as advertised. Yeah. Uh, Fucking bully I mean, down there. He looks like he's playing in high school. Playing, <laughs> he just right. snatches the ball from dudes. And the worst thing, I mean, like you said, uh, it's a chemistry thing. Like not only is Zion starting to find himself, they are starting to learn how to play with Zion. They are starting to learn the passes that you can throw to him, where his spots are, where he's comfortable. And now it's 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 getting ugly, man. I watched that game. I think what, it was Sunday, Saturday, Sunday they played, and he was just pushing dudes around in the lane, dunking on them. And before I was like, Zion can't get rookie of the year. Now I'm kind of like, huh? I mean, they were like three or four games out. Even though he's playing half a season, his impact is going to be crazy because no one thought that Port, I mean, New Orleans could get in the playoffs before Zion came back and closed this gap. <sighs> It's not going to be fair. I, I know you don't like it as a Grizzly okay. plan. It's and, not going. I'm not saying say, it's going to be fair. If if <laughs> I have a, it, maybe because I'm biased. I don't know that you can justify it only playing half the season. But Impact as someone who watched a lot of <laughs> Pelicans games, I don't know that I could be like, no, fuck this. You know, it's like <laughs> this. It's not. It's not empty. I mean, these dudes yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, this so, dude is. His impact is it, you can see it on the court like shit. If he had played all year, and then they would have still went through that same rough, that same rough patch. Right now, they might be comfortably in the playoffs because he would have already found his rhythm. And I'm talking about oh, def- defensively playing pick and roll, just being able to suck that defense in. And I mean, I think if he plays the the entire year, the Mavericks are seven games. I put it this way: the eighth seed is currently seven games behind the seventh seed yeah you could probably say with the way that new orleans is playing with zion they probably at least have that eight seed locked up yeah i'm saying that right now they're probably three games ahead of the ac right now i don't think san antonio would have held that spot for as long as they did i no, think i i think that the, the west playoffs are probably locked up at this point if if they play if he's playing the whole year. And, and this is the problem with portland i think the worst thing to happen to portland is for them to make the western conference finals because now you got bad portland now you know what i'm saying now yep. what are you you're back in that situation what do you do i guess the only thing that you can say to yourself is hey we didn't have Nurkic, but other than that like fuck what do you do? Because they don't have really the cap room to go out and get anybody. I mean, I guess they can commit to Carmelo, but if they don't make the playoffs, what type of situation are they in? I mean, so for them, you've got Nerfie coming back. you got Zach Collins coming back. Yeah. You know, Collins is, is nice for but their team. They're not They're not closing this gap because you're looking at a New Orleans. Every team above them is younger and better. 
So next year when they bring those players back, you still got New Orleans who's just who's getting better. That Mavericks team is still young, younger, and better. You got Memphis on their tail. Shit, you can argue that maybe Phoenix gets better next year with some type of chemistry and having Aiden all year. I know, I know, I know. I try <laughs> I believe too this year. I'm but still, like we gotta give them the big of a doubt because they're still relatively young if you're looking in the grand scheme of things. Once they got Sark out of that lineup and put uh, Mikael Bridges as a starter. Aiton's looked dominant. Uh, I think he had like 28, 19. I don't know what he had last night. But I'm saying that that team has a better outlook than the Portland Trailblazers because they still have cap. All these teams have better and outlooks than the Portland the Trailblazers. Huh? And I'm not we even talking about the Warriors coming back with that team. Wiggins has looked great with them. And yep. so what do you do if you're Portland? Like, really? So, you know, you talk about Portland, but, but so – you got teams in the the West is weird, right? So you've got teams that you can justify, like, or you can see a a a, a roadmap to where they could be good, like like the Suns, mm-hmm. the Kings, even. Hey, uh, fuck that! I don't got nah. I lost all faith in them. I'm gonna get to the Kings here in a bit. They're buy and sell, but um, the Timberwolves. I still think they're gonna be a bottom feeder, but youngest at least team they in the league, it. though. They they they, they, they change talent. themselves to the youngest team in the league. So. And they've got a lot of good young talent too. That that I like. That Pete that's still on their G League team. That still learned to play. Culver, Keelan Martin just came out of nowhere. He yeah. looks good. Nas so Reed, Okogi. You know they. So they have a lot of talent. And and we um, both like Ron Saunders. So I'm willing to give yeah. him. You know, it wasn't his fault that roster was built like it was. So I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him another year or two to prove himself. There's two teams in the West that I just. Do not see a roadmap for success anywhere in the near future. Suns and Spurs. Nope. Spurs in the in the Blazers. Oh, oh um, no, I'm sorry. I said Suns. Blazers and Spurs. Blazers. That's what I'm. Yeah, Blazers, Blazers and Spurs. One hundred percent. Both both in no man's land because the Spurs. Fuck. They are a mess. The Spurs are bad, and I'm not even convinced that we're not in the Phil Jackson scenario with with Pop that the game might have just passed him by. Um, and uh, we, but we were I, in not, that situation before, and I seen him fix it. I'm not willing to, to say that Pop is washed. I am starting to think that the Spurs have made a ton of bad moves over the past two, really like three or four years. Bad draft picks, you know, trading Kawhi Leonard for what they got back for him. When you know, you if to, you remember, huh? but no, they didn't because yeah, they were hell bent. Yeah. They were hell bent on on moving him to the East. And the Lakers were going to give up Brandon. E- Wouldn't you rather have Brandon Ingram than anybody on your team right now? Nope, not if you hate the Lakers. I respect Pop. Shit, for this shit. fuck it. We you can, fi- we can fix anyway. this shit later. I am not sending Kawhi to the Lakers. I don't give a fuck. I'm not. If, if, if you know what Kawhi Leonard is, and you trust what Kawhi Leonard is, no way I'm sending him to our biggest rivals. Nope. Not so I got to play him. I got to play him four times a year. Fuck that. Nope. Like, you know I'm I mean? not. And I've been adamant throughout history, throughout my tenure, that I'm not going to be one of these teams that just keeps making the Lakers better. Nope. I'd I rather take have a loss. Brandon. I would have. You telling me that you wouldn't take that that Lakers package? Nope. For, that New Orleans got. Nope. For Cor- you're crazy. <laughs> I'm not hey, there doing ain't it. no damn way. Sometimes there you got no see, your way. problem is you don't have morals. <laughs> you got to be able you to got, stand on something, boy. I'm you got DeMar, them to the Lakers. De- DeMar no. DeRozan, Jakob Pertle, and Dudu for the best player in the league, basically. Okay, see if you change my mind. Ask me if I take that package. No, I'm not taking it. That's so, crazy. So the one thing I will say, though, I say I say that I don't see a path. Uh, Portland is a, in a lot 
worse situation than the Spurs. And the reason why I say that is because whatever we think about DeRozan and, and whether we think about Aldridge, you can get something for those players. Like those can are still, you? yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can. They're still, I don't think so. Shit, Orlando was calling about DeRozan all season. That's that's Orlando, but nobody's calling about thirty four year old Marcus Aldridge. Right and that's now. I believe that they are. Now you might not be able to get because I I know I know for a fact that if they put him on the market now, what you can get is the thing. But I know Pat Riley still loves Aldridge. Aldridge has a great market because the style of his game it it ages it ages like Paul Gasol. Because you're not really down there pounding. You got your little fadeaway mid-range shots. You can pick and pop. You still defend the rim. Aldridge Do you remember is, the last five years of Pau Gasol's career? I mean, you're talking about the end of his career, though. I'm saying that. But it's the same thing. Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge is 34 years old. Pau Gasol played till he's 39. Last five years. So don't sign nothing. him to a five-year contract. <laughs> okay. But, he's still I mean, valuable to play well, what teams. are you giving up for him? I don't, shit, I don't know. You're not giving up any, anything of consequence but, for him. But, like, so this is what we got to – and whenever you're talking about NBA, the one thing you have to do is change your mindset because it's very rare that you're getting value for the player that you have, the value that you think. What you're really trying to get is you're trying to get young picks. I mean, you're trying to get younger. You're trying to get assets or you're trying to relieve yourself of cap space so you can go chase free agents. So either they're going to they can get draft picks for them. Or they can just the cap space. They signed them to an extension. They got like three years left of Aldridge, I believe. You just need yeah, to get off that money. The foundation of this argument is I don't buy the fact. That, you look at Houston. Like, is that the best package they could have got back from Capella? All because you didn't want to send him to the West? He's Clint hey. Capella. Who give a fuck? You're not sending Shaq somewhere. Like, come didn't, on now. Didn't you tell me that CP3 can't be traded? Everybody can be traded, man. You can't tell me that there's no market well, for Aldridge. In order for CP3 to be traded, you had to take back that monstrosity that Westbrook's contract is going to become. You're going to be in this yeah. boat one way or the other. But it looks like it's. I would much rather have Westbrook than a fucking 36-year-old Chris Paul. I don't know. Shit. Cause, okay, right now, is... Westbrook is the leading rebound. He's doing everything Clint Capella did. And he's, no, what, 30? I agree with that, but uh, my point is this whole thing about not sending the dudes to the same conference in the NBA when you play these guys four games. Who cares? Fuck like, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I feel them. I ain't sending that shit. So, um, but the Spurs, Blazers, Spurs look a lot better than the Blazers. A lot they? better than the Blazers. Yes. Who, but with who? Lonnie Walker? No, DeJounte man. Murray? I'm telling you, you Derek can, White. Because the the thing about it is, you got to. But do they have talent on the team currently right now? To, they got assets on the team that you can trade. That's the important part. You don't have but, to have. I mean, you because port because if you're looking at it, Portland's more talented. The problem is you're less willing to let go of those assets because, as we talked about, you're not going to get the value. So you're not going to trade Dame because you're not going to get value. You're not going to trade CJ because you're not going to get value. Uh, Aldridge is at the end of his career; he can get value. And DeRozan, correct. you don't give a shit about. So they're but better assets to trade. Is, but the okay, fine, right? Let's say you get a, a, a ton of draft picks back, right? Mm-hmm. The Spurs have not drafted well, and the guys that they have drafted well, they gotten the fuck out of there. Davis Bertans couldn't help that team right now. Yeah, he could, but I mean, he they got screwed by that. Dejounte Murray, they got uh, screwed they because they were actually trying to shoot for it to go win, and then they traded him because they were trying to get Mark Markeith Morris. And right. Markeith Morris would Markeith Morris screwed him. Markeith Markeith Morris would have really helped them in what they were trying to do because we seen Markeith this year. They, if they had Markeith, I, I, I feel like they would be competing for the AC. But Marquise, are you, go ahead. are you willing to bet that Dejounte Murray is going to blossom into a top five point guard, top ten point guard? 
No, but he's talented. They missed on thinking that he was, though. That's the problem. They really went all in. So then when he got hurt, they didn't do anything to bring anybody in there. They didn't try to draft the point guard. I'm not convinced that Derek White's not better than him. And I, I, I think Derek White is a nice player off the bench. I don't think he's a starting caliber point guard. But, again, I look up and down this ro- this Spurs roster, even with their draft picks, like I'm not, I'm not seeing when they've drafted well over the last five years. I'm not seeing they don't, where they – they don't draft well, but they do develop talent. You can never take that for them. So the thing they why they develop talent, I don't think they, they still do. do. They still Forbes current. is out there playing, and they developed him. Derek White is out there playing. They developed him. Dejounte Murray wasn't a high draft pick. They developed him. Uh, they're developing Portal right now. I mean, they still develop talent. The problem is they have trouble with those top draft picks. They don't draft well in the top. Even getting Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was like the fifteenth pick. He was a development player. They don't draft. Correct. They don't draft well. So, I mean, in that aspect, I agree. First round picks, they don't. But I still look at them as like a Miami situation. Like Miami but, looked like they were in hell for a long time too. But when you have a good organization who has a style, I believe they can come back. So, all right, let's take let's take LA and DeMar DeRozan out of this. Okay. You're looking at Marco Bellinelli, Ben Forbes, who is a 6'2 shooting guard. Good luck. Rudy Gay. Keldon Johnson, who's 20, so we'll wait and see on him. He's Trey develop, Lyles. Developing. Trey Lyles. Whatever. I mean, Trey you got Lyles. Trey Lyles for nothing. All these players that you're naming is whatever. Yeah, but their whole roster is about to be exactly. whatever. Exactly. It's a rebuild year. They they tried to shoot. For, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think they're in a bad situation because Portland is locked. They're locked in those players. They can't do anything. I see but, how, but how do you get better? Because this isn't a great draft, and you aren't going to have a good draft pick. I mean, what do you what, – what, where is the scenario where, where San Antonio in five years, you're like, all right, they're back. You move, you move to Rosen, whether it's for pick or young talent, you move LA, you make those moves if the picks and plan, and then you're going to take a step back for a year or two. You have to do it on a five-year plan because at the point now, you're not going to be better next year. I mean, you can go all in with DeRozan and L.A. and try to build that supporting cast with some people falling off, but isn't that's not going to work. So you, you kind of got to do maybe a two-year plan. You try to get uh, you try to trade DeRozan, you try to and get some young players and play for the 2021 uh, free agency and hope you can bring some players in. If not, then you're going to be like, and that's, like I said, I look at them like Miami. That's the same thing that happened with Miami. They played for the free agency for Kevin Durant, missed. Played for Gordon Hayward, missed. So then they went back to just doing their thing and developing talent, trying to build them up. And hopefully just based on your system, based on Greg Popovich's name, his relationships in the um, USA, you can get to That's what I was going to say. Only thing that I, I, I respect Pop enough to give them some time to figure this out because I mean let's face it they made the playoffs last year this is their first bad season of 22 years so yeah. you know it's not that's like what I'm this saying a, show them some respect man they ain't the and, fucking and Minnesota Timberwolves they right and <laughs> you know they've been they've been a winning organization for 30 years so um but I don't see it I, I, and I, I think I just you know, believe I, that they have more pass because I've seen them fall before and come back up even though they did have Tim Duncan at that point but I think that they can come back because they have assets and you can sell people on that. You can sell a winning team to get over the hump with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Shit, even if you do some shit like uh, send LaMarcus Aldridge to uh, New Orleans in order to get Derek Favors and somebody else, just some draft picks 
or something like that just to give him relief. Hey, send LaMarcus Aldridge over to OKC to get Steven Adams because you're just swapping contracts is going to end faster than Aldridge so you have cap room when free agency comes. That's the type of shit they're looking for. I'll take your contract because it's a little less and he can help you now because New Orleans can use a LaMarcus Aldridge. He's better with and, uh, Zion. You know, and I think that they should be in a situation where you look at a way, I mean, because let's face it, San Antonio is not a free agent destination. It's just no, it's not. not. Marcus Aldridge is the only free agent they've gotten ever. Um, and it broke down Pau Gasol. But if you build it the way that maybe Brooklyn did, to where it's like like you just said, yeah, we'll take that. We'll, we'll take a guy like Markel Fultz. Like, huh. it, you know, not that Orlando's training, but we'll take Fultz. We'll take uh, we'll take uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. We'll take all these guys. Send me and, Kevin Knox. No, yeah. he's broken out. Nothing. I'll send you a second for Kevin Knox. Just give him to yep. me. He, he's trash. And now I trust the development of, of my staff to get those players right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being a little harsh. I can see – or, you, you know, you look at a guy like, ah, Chicago, I'll take Zach Levine. You know. They ain't getting Zach It ain't going to happen. But, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like but, you, but play, and, you and everybody else, motherfucker. Yeah, so. it, it's it's moves like that. That's what I'm saying. You go take players that other people feel are broken and trust your system to develop them, and then you go and you get get random second round picks because those, there's a lot of jewels. If you have a scouting department and they're great at scouting overseas, go get some of those talent overseas and let them sit and stuff like that. You could argue that's what Memphis is doing right now. We'll yeah. take Justin Winslow. Yeah, just you take know? take take risk and trust that your staff can develop. We'll take them. Josh Jackson. Yeah, you know. and just sat on them and say, hey, it's going to be a two, three-year rebuild. They just have to – this year they weren't committed to a rebuild. They were committed on chasing the AC. If this year and, – and I do think they made a mistake because I thought that they could have really got rid of Aldridge and DeRozan this year, got I off agree. them, and then said, fuck the AC. And I think they should have. If they would have done that, I think they would have been a, in a better situation. But who's to say they can't do that next year because both those players have less money on their contracts, so they still have the option to do that next year. All right, man, before we get out of here, let's play a little game. New segment. We'll call mm. it something very original. Buy or sell. Never heard of that before. What are you Me doing either. this game? Yeah, I'm glad we <laughs> came up with it. You either buy or you sell. So I'm going to throw out a couple of uh, names, teams, topics, and you're going to tell me, do you buy this or do you sell it? Okay, now, when we're talking about teams, are we talking long-term this year or are you going to be specific? I'll be specific. All right. First on the list, and you already kind of gave me the answer. Long-term future. Sacramento Kings. Sale. Hard sale. Hard sale. And I do that because it looks like they are not coordinated nowhere in the organization. The owner doesn't like what Lottie and Paige is doing. It doesn't seem like, uh, I don't know. I used to think that... um, Bill, what's what's his name? Bill Walton was a good Luke Walton was a good coach. I don't know if he's a good coach. They just re-signed uh, Buddy to an extension. It doesn't look like him and Walton they're getting along. He's being benched and he's being te- terrible. It looks like he much prefers Bogdanovich, and they have to sign him, which is going to lock. Well, that offense kind of opens up with Bogdanovich more yeah, so than does Buddy. They do, but I'm saying that why would then you should have signed Bogdanovich in the off season. Instead well, because you had to appease this dude, like, yo, he's younger. He's well, actually, I think they're the same age. They're both like 27, 28. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bogdanovich is not that young. He's like 28 years old. Yeah, and Buddy's but, like 35. You know, but <laughs> so that's what I'm uh, saying. If you liked him better, then give him the extension and don't give Buddy the extension. You gave Buddy the extension in the off season. Now you got him on the bench, and he costs way more than Bogdanovich would. I, I sell. I'm on, I'm on the fence about Walton. 
I'm willing to give him I'm willing to give him his first year here. He hasn't had Bagley for more than has Bagley played played ten games this year, fifteen games this year. I need to look because he plays three games and get hurt. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's played. Uh, and and now you're talking about with um, with Doncic versus Bagley. The Kings should have done that. Of course they should have. But there was also reports that Doncic was like, I ain't fucking going to Sacramento. I believe so, he wouldn't have either. I don't think he would have. I don't think he'd gone to Sacramento or Memphis to be honest. But um, you know, so whatever. But I, I'm willing to. I'm I'm gonna buy the Kings for now because they do have young talent, or the, and they've got a lot of weird random talent. Um, if we can get Luke Walton another year, if we can get uh, uh, Fox another year in this system, Boggs another year in this system, see how it works out. Uh, do I think they're a contender in the next three years? No, but I think they could be a playoff team next year. Sale. <laughs> All right. Next, Kyrie Irving. Buy or sell long-term future of Kyrie Irving. Now, I guess in this way, do you think that we've seen the best of Kyrie Irving? Do you think Kyrie, we've seen, we can see a better version of Kyrie Irving or have we seen what we've seen, what we're going to see out of him? I think we've seen the best of Kyrie Irving. I think his body's breaking down. I think his body's always broken down. Um, if you can, if that, I mean, I mean, it really depends on the argument. If you think that he could be valuable for the Brooklyn Nets when KD well, comes back. Question. Yeah, because I think he can be valuable. But seeing saying if we've seen the best of Kyrie, I believe that we've seen the best version of Kyrie on those Cavs teams. So I buy that. I, I agree with you. I I would sell Kyrie. I don't I don't see a scenario where he's ever going to be a top ten to fifteen player again. I think he can still be a good player when healthy and on the floor. A couple things about Kyrie. The dude is not a winner. Take the Cavs away. Like his teams. Boston is better without him. Brooklyn plays better when he's not on the floor. Now, does that change when Kevin Durant comes back and he has to defer to Kevin Durant? Maybe. But I, I agree with you. I sell Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie's worth a headache. I don't think. So, know, but the thing about Kyrie, which is funny, is we only remember people's playoff performances. And Kyrie can still be dangerous in the playoffs. So if they can do some type of low management with him next year, because Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are perfectly capable capable of doing what he does to get them in the playoffs if you got a healthy KD. And then you get Kyrie for just a playoff run, and that's what he was with the Cavaliers. He was hurt most of that season too. But we remember his epic playoff run. And you get Kyrie in the playoffs with rest – then he, it can change. That's why it's hard for me to really sell, and that's why I say I buy it, because if he can perform during the playoffs and lead Brooklyn and Cleveland to a title, that changes the way you view him, whatever he does in the regular season. At this point right now, today, 2020, February 25th, Kyrie Irving never played another game. Is he a Hall of Famer? I believe so. And it's just, it's just so wild to me, man. I, I know, I know what you're looking at, but you, like I said, when we start one, making one these, series, got him the Hall of Fame. It was a great fucking series. It man. was, but that's the Hall of Fame of one series. If you start going to look, because you're going to look at his stats, his overall stats are pretty good as a career. His career stats are going to look good when you look at it. Then he has a ring, which people weigh so fucking heavily, and he brought a ring to Cleveland which people are going to weigh heavily. If you look in the Hall of Fame, and there's people that do, did a lot less than Kyrie. You add in, I'm pretty sure he got, has a gold medal. You know what I mean? His resume is going to qualify for Hall of Fame status. First ballot? Maybe not. He's going to get Shit, in, Shit, Mitch Richmond got in. Shit. And that's what I'm saying. He's, he's going to qualify with that ring. His T-Mac epic, got in on the first ballot. His epic run, 
the he made the the shot for the run. He made one of the best shots in NBA Finals Should history. Should he be a Hall of Fame? Like if we were doing an NBA Hall of Fame and we really took this shit seriously, which basketball does not but do. But we can't do that unless we go through everybody. If we go through the yeah. list, maybe that's fair. Because you're gonna start comparing. Like I said, when you start comparing them to these motherfuckers in there, there's only like when you start. I was looking at something at the top fifty, and I think there's only like. 10 or 12 of them that have a ring and then when you look at that only 5 or 6 is a ring that they actually contributed to the numbers are crazy when you look at the Hall of Fame I I think you're right that he'll end up getting in I don't think he should at this point now I mean he goes on and and, and you know like we talked about he wins a ring with Brooklyn with KD and, and they're, or they're formidable for the next foreseeable future with KD fine I just, it's crazy to me that people consider him a Hall of Famer already. That's maybe just so not, wild. Maybe not first ballot, but shit, you gonna let Chris Bosh in? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer. But he's gonna get in. But he's gonna get in. <laughs> oh, and, and just an aside before we continue. So Chris Bosh was pissed off that he wasn't even a finalist for the 2020 class. It's like, did you see who else was getting in this year? And if, Tim you, Duncan. if they thought about letting you in, Kobe killed that. Right, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett. That's it. No one else. Do you even want to be in, in that class? I wouldn't. I'd have been like, hey, shit, move me to 2021. Me and Derek will go in together. I mean, come but, on, boss. You couldn't have thought you were going to be like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Get, no, get sir. So many people, do you talk about de- uh, somebody, uh, the definition of being split on a motherfucker? Bring up Chris Bosch's name. Okay, now let me ask you Is this. Weber in? No, that's what I was going to say. Chris Webber should be in if we're talking about Kyrie and Chris Bosh getting in. Yeah. But so I already said you, I don't think he's gonna be first ballot, so is is um is Kevin Love a Hall of Famer? He's gonna have to be, man. He was part of it. If listen, if Kyrie gets in, Kevin Love better be in that damn Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Chris Bosh. I mean, we don't feel the, we don't feel the same way about Love because even though he was on that team, we don't feel like he contributed like Kyrie did. I mean, in that series, Kyrie was the second leading scorer behind LeBron. No and he hit the biggest shot of the series. You can't and make this. Both them fools dropping 43 straight games. I, I'm not diminishing Kyrie's NBA final series. That's, I mean. So when you make listen. that argument, you're looking at, hey, a love that was part of the series this and a Kyrie who. Series that we man, talk but about he brought Kyrie. a championship to Cleveland Cavaliers. They hadn't had a championship Did in like Did you see like the defense years? that Kevin Love locked down Steph Curry on to win that ring? Come on now. Okay, don't uh, act like he wasn't important. Boy, I ain't, right. ain't going to start with you today. Let's, you ain't going to get my blood pressure high. Zach Levine, you buying or selling Zach Levine stock right now? If if you were an NBA team, would you trade for him? Yes. Would, do you think Levine's the issue, or do you think the Bulls are the issue? I think the Bulls and the system are the issue. Um, I think right now his stats are a little padded because it's on a bad team. But if you give, like you said, if you put him on the Spurs, you're going to see a different Zach Levine because the only reason he's not doing those things is because they're not a good team. You know what I mean? You you can say, hey, play defense. Hey, rotate. Hey, do this. But, man, if he's saving his energy so he can go score, he's not on a good team that's about winning. You put him with a winning team and a winning coach, the way that dude can get to the basket, the way that dude can shoot that three ball, you put him on a championship contender or a team that can build around him and put the pieces, I fully believe in Zach Levine. I agree with you. Um, I, he's been getting shit, a lot, shit on a lot because, you know, the Bulls stink. Um, and I, that coach, Jim Boyle, is terrible. Fuck, Fuck the terrible. Bulls can't Again. even figure out what to do with Kobe White. They still bringing him off the bench. He had 33 in two consecutive games, and they're still playing Tom Sanorowski and uh, yeah. Ryan Arcado over yeah. him. 
once once again, Chicago, these stop hiring these dinosaur dudes. The get they're, they're I, and this is not a shot at pop, but these dudes, Tom Thibodeau, all that. There's reports of him getting the Knicks job next year. Lord you know, Jesus, it's like. Why? Stop. The game has passed these dudes by. They've shown that they're not willing to adapt. There's no reason Kobe White shouldn't be a starting, a starting right now. He's a rookie. He's producing. I don't particularly like his game, but I think he's going to be a very good NBA player for a while. Why, if uh, you're trying to build toward the future, why the fuck are you playing like Sandorowski? And right. like you should be putting the hands in Kobe White and Zach Levine and seeing how they play together to see what you're going to do for the offseason. But the problem is they're so stuck in their stable. You don't rotate. You don't do all this stuff. You are a bad team. You need to see what you have so you'll know what you need to do in the offseason. You shouldn't be playing Thaddeus Young 32 minutes a game. That should not be happening. It should not. <laughs> Thaddeus um, Young is playing like 30 minutes a game. Bradley Beal, do you buy or sell the, the people that feel bad for Bradley Beal right now. And which, uh, no, I, I sell. I mean, he took the money. He didn't have he to take the money. The money. Um, yep. And and I know what you're saying. It's the super max. And it's, but at some point, what do you value? Do you value winning or you do value the money? Because he could have forced the trade. He could have said no. He could have forced, he could have did a lot of different things by signing that extension so early. You, he didn't have to sign the extension when he signed nope. the extension. They weren't going to pull that fucking offer off the table. Nope. Now, you wouldn't have got the super max, but shit, by the time you put, I mean, he's close to putting the 10 years in where you're going to get money close to the super max anyway. Yep. That's why KD left. You could go, yep. you could have um, not took that deal and for the next three years signed one or two year contracts, two years, and then till you hit your 10 year mark, and then you would have been getting 35, 40 million a year. At some he point made in the time. the classic mistake that Carmelo Anthony did. You get traded to the Knicks, and then when they gave you a chance to get out of it, Go sign with the Bulls. Go sign with a, a contender. I want that fifth year. And that's exactly what Bradley Beal did. And well, if I see I an organization bad be bad for four years, there's no re- no way I'm signing four years. Five. They've I'm, been bad for a long time. Yeah, they have. I mean, but they were decent, I thought, in the first couple of years with John Wall. So I guess if you truly believe in John Wall as your partner coming back healthy, maybe. But I haven't seen anything to prove that they're going to be even decent when John Wall comes back. So unless they got some type of plan to get some type of stupid package for John Wall and then build that whole team around Bill, that's still taking three to four years off your career playing for a bad squad. And I don't care if you're hitting 50 and 55 a game, which he is on some type of stupid tear right now. I think last night he hit 55. The night before that he hit like 53. 53, yep. Man, can you imagine him going to somewhere else? Man, you could be playing with Jimmy Butler and Bam right now. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, shit, you could be playing anywhere for a contender right now, and hey, I don't feel bad for you. Um, last one, Colin Sexton, buy or sell the the stock of Colin Sexton as a as a starting caliber, you know, top twenty five player in the league. If you would have asked me this last week, I would have said sell, but now I feel like it was, that was a trap. Coach. Yeah, that's a trap. I'm, My yeah, job. I'm buying because I've been hard on Sexton all year, and then uh, Beeline quits, and he looks like a totally different player. He's playing within the system. They're moving the ball. That offense looks better, and he looks. They just like, was not fucking with that dude. Yeah, they they just doing whatever they want. But now that they got JB Bickerstaff, the last two games I've been watching him and Garland play together, and they're moving the ball. He's Even playing Kevin within Porter the offense. Blew up last night. Yeah, I mean. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step back on Sexton. I'm gonna buy him for the future. 
I, I that was a trick question because I was going to see if he was paying attention because you and I both have said the same thing. Like, yo, I think this dude might be a backup. Yeah. Uh, and and over the the past couple games, I like what I see out of him. I like. I mean, Kevin Porter started off slow out the All Star break, but he blew up last night and he was cooking a couple weeks before. Um, and they're, uh, the and what they're what they're doing is what we've been saying. They've been playing Colin Sexton a lot more off the ball. They've taken yep. him off the ball. They play Garland smart. at point guard. And then yep. when Kevin Porter comes in, he's the ball handler. And you just let Colin Sexton run through, uh, spot up. And now he looks a lot better like that. And when he gets the rebound, then you just let him go. Go to the rack. So I, I like his role right now. It just shows that the game had told he Beeline was not prepared for the NBA. And he, Colin Sexton, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. I'm gonna back off of what I was saying before and see. Now you're you still have a six two shooting guard, so uh, you got that. But we're playing right. in a new NBA small ball. It might not yeah. hurt you that much. All right, spitballing before we finish here. This isn't by ourselves. Just give me your thoughts. OKC's future bright, too bright, too much going on. Um, where do you see them in five years? I like where OKC is going. I like their draft picks, their organization that have shown that they can draft and develop talent. And I like what I heard listening to Chris Paul when he was talking about Shy. He's really taking the time to develop him, teach him, and show him what it takes to win. Um, they'll get off. They'll probably get off Gallinari, and they'll probably be able to get off of Chris Paul at some point. No contract is untradeable. I love these dudes for the future. And SGA was worth it. I mean, if you really just look at what they did to the Clippers in a deal that I'm pretty sure that if you to ask OKC if they would have redone that Paul George deal, you know, nine out of ten times, I bet they say no. Um, I think if you, I, I think that if they offer that shit, to, I, I don't know how you say no to that deal. No, 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 no. Sorry, I mean when they got Paul George from Indiana. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think they I, do, I do would, that deal. I they, would they, be willing to bet that they take them all they, in on that one. Yeah, they blessed them because they resigned them too. Yep. Clippers did them a huge favor when, for when the, the future. Clippers came a calling. I guarantee you, they Sam Presti looked around and was like, "Yo, this is a get out of jail free card for a dude that's always hurt, and this core probably isn't it. We just got fucking beat by Portland." And so, it also allowed them to be able to trade Westbrook and not get the backlash from the fans. Yep. yep. So, uh, last thing before we get out of here, would you be interested in a play-in tournament in the NBA? Yes. For the playoff seeds. Yes, for so, the eight seed, for for the seven and eight seeds. So basically, what they're doing is locking the the top six in both conferences, and now you have uh, a a playoff a play in for the seeds that are uh, uh, what was it? I so think seven talking, through ten. Yeah, so you're talking about seven, ten, eight, and nine. Yep. Um, or, or there were some talks about seven through twelve, but nobody wants to do that. Nah. So seven through ten, um, they play a one game play in tournament. For the, the the seventh and eighth seeds, would you be more in favor of that or more in favor of a regular season tournament? In, I'm, in more, season tournament? I'm more in favor of the play-in tournament, especially if you do it in a one-game format, because now you're getting into your March Correct. Madness style. Because you're never going to be able to do one game throughout the playoffs, but you're trying to do something to drum up that first round. So yeah, I would do a play-in tournament, but I also say in doing that, you're going to have to cut that shit down from seven games in the first round. So I think they're going to have to bring that shit back down to five Take games, five. Yep. just so the schedule works in that same time frame. But I'm I'm totally for that. Take take the first round down from seven, put it at five, and give me a play-in tournament, and that's going to increase the excitement because you're going to get a lot of upsets in that. I can guarantee that. Now, does that devalue the regular season even more? Uh, maybe. 
Yes, but it's still a one-game play-in. You still don't want to be in a situation where you're trying to play in. I think it probably makes the bottom half of that a lot more exciting because now you're not just coasting because you don't want to be a seven seed now. Now you're trying to make you're trying to get into that six seed, gotta so you're going to play seed. more games because you don't want to get in a playoff tournament, play-in tournament with an NBA team. Because if you're yep. a seven seed and you're playing a ten seed, it's not that much separation as you think. And if you're playing, could for, you imagine New Orleans going against a six seed? You know, can you confidently say that they wouldn't beat Utah right now? Shit, or, right sorry, now, yeah, but right now, yeah, Dallas. right now, if uh, if you if you ended the season right now where you are, and you like you said, the seven seed Dallas versus New Orleans at nine, I'm even gonna take New Orleans. Even if you get a Greg Popovich team, uh, Memphis Grizzlies versus the Spurs. Right yep. now, you know what I'm saying? Like that's Can't gonna, say the Spurs wouldn't win that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you can look at it as I don't think it devalues the bottom half of that. I think it increases the value of the bottom half to know that you're never secure, even if you get in the AC. Now up top, I would say if you're a top three team, you're never gonna stop it anyway. You know what I'm saying? They're going to rest. They're going to play for championships. What you're trying to do is you're trying to increase the quality of games. Like, okay, you can deal with, um, you can deal with, Kawhi Leonard sitting out because they're still going to be a good team. But now that you're breasting Brandon Ingram two games for the All-Star game, you know, you're too comfortable. Too comfortable. And, you know, I'd be for that. And the only other thing I'd be – because I started to think more about the in-season tournament. It's not going to matter. I mean, for what? The only other tournament I would be interested in besides a playing tournament is a a draft pick tournament, you know, where the the teams that don't make the playoffs, they play for some type of draft order. And I'm not saying maybe you get the number one pick. Although, you know, if you're the Spurs in this situation or Portland, you're like, well, shit, let me go ahead and slide back. Hey, I'm I'm all for uh, a tournament in season if we're talking about that. If we take away the balls and the lottery who get the first and you got to start winning that shit and number one pick goes to whoever wins. Now, the problem is you're going to start keeping sorry team sorry. (laughs) <laughs> that's where so, that's that's because you get those seventh and eighth seed teams who are like ah fuck it i'd rather get the pick anyway so yeah. well i'm uh, talking about even in the tournament because if your team is bad can you say that you can beat the spurs spurs i'll just go ahead and slide back and win this mid-season tournament to get the number one pick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um all right man that's what i got anything before we get out of here uh nothing much for me i'm good cool all right, guys, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. You can check it out on the twosmartnetwork.com. Uh, go check out the page, man. A lot of good shit coming up on there. Uh, we keep saying we're going to throw a blog on there. We will. You know, black people time. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to it eventually. Uh, but if you need to reach out to us, you can hit us up on Gmail, twosmartnetwork at gmail.com. Yeah, the twosmartnetwork at gmail.com. Hold on. Yeah, but we actually have emails for our website. I got to get them, though. Oh, hell, see, we can't do nothing right. <laughs> but just go to at just go to uh, You'll be able to reach out to us and send emails, or you can catch us on Instagram at Two Smart Dummies or at Two Smart Network. The number two Smart Network. That's it. That's all. Peace. Peace.